collaborate and listen. Parks is back with an old invention. Whenever your pet goes number two, it's your job to scoop the poo. Will it ever stop? Yo, I don't think so. Poop shouldn't be left to decompose. To the extreme, back it up like a champ. Throw it away, you did your part, get amp. Damn. Rush your baggie to the trash. Keep the water clean, do your part in a flash. Deadly. One bacteria goes steadily. Anything less than scooping is a felony. Love it or leave it, you better gang way. You better hit the bullseye, the dogs don't play. This can be a problem, but yo, we'll solve it. Check out the hook while my DJ revolves it. Don't forget to scoop. Today is Tuesday, February, February 27th, 2024, and it is 6 p.m. We are in the city chambers, and I call this city commission regular meeting to order. Roll call. We have Commissioner McDowell, Commissioner Langdon, myself, Mayor White, Vice Mayor Stokes, and Commissioner Emmerich. There is a quorum present for this meeting. Also present are City Manager Fletcher, City Attorney Slayton, Assistant City Clerk that right? Yes. Powell, Board Specialist Bodmer, um, Deputy Police Chief Morales, correct? Yes. Yes, there he is. Thank you. And Fire Chief Titus. Um, I'm going to call on Pam Hillcars to lead us in the pledge. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. And to the Republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. All right, thank you. All right, I'm looking for a motion to approve the agenda. So moved. All right, we have a motion made by Vice Mayor Stokes to approve the agenda, seconded by Commissioner. Emmerich, so let's vote on that. And that passes five to zero. <clears throat> All right, moving on to public comment. City Clerk, do we have any online public comment? Uh, no online public comments, but we do have a couple in person. Sure, general. All right. Uh, Deborah Placencia. Good evening and good evening guests. The reason for my public comment is due to the zoning denial of my building permit in AC6 district due to a new 1023 interpretation of the 2017 ULDC guidelines. The interpretation of these guidelines started in favor and most restrictive and highest standards for the land use is incongruent because 29 RSF homes have approved permits and are built now on privately owned quarter acre lots around this Dalewood Circle neighborhood since 2019. Let's look at the words most restrictive. If I give you a choice of one candy or six candies, which is the most restrictive? I'll help you out, it's one. RSF zoning ordinance is most restrictive since it only allows low density residential. Least restrictive allows more than one land use. Let's look at higher standards. The allowance of RSF homes to be built in this now established single family residence neighborhood zoned RSF2 is meeting the higher standards bar. 
Most of the homes in this single family residence area are appraised upwards of $300,000 to $500,000. This adds to the tax base of the city, while less restrictive proposed land uses, according to AC6 in this area, most likely are decades away from being built, as the current city infrastructure will not support these land uses at this time. So in, in conclusion, the city's issuance of at least 29 single-family residential building permits between 2019 and 2023 in AC6 establishes a distinct pattern that sharply contradicts the zoning staff's present new interpretation of the regulations. The majority of the remaining small quarter-acre lots are individually owned, not owned by land developers or investors for future use. Changing the character of a neighborhood is against the directors, directives of the comprehensive plan and future land use. Changing this neighborhood character is not the meaning of serving the public interest. Changes in zoning requirements will prohibit any of the proposed land uses in Activity Center 6 for these neighborhood quarter acre individually owned lots. City Manager, Mr. Jerome Fletcher, made the statement in his recent city address, when you throw babies in the air, they laugh because they know you'll catch them. This is trust. How can we trust the city commissioners and department managers to catch the private landowners in the Dalewood Circle neighborhood community and live up to the vision statement, priority five, promote the natural character and enhance the identity of our neighborhoods to build community cohesiveness and better sense of place for Northport when we're denied building on our private lots. There are hundreds of undeveloped acres in AC6. Surely this few acre neighborhood community would not detract from the overall plan you have for AC6. So to put a human face, oh, I only have 17 seconds. Anyway, I'm a 67-year-old woman living on a humble Social Security income, and in good faith, I purchased this lot. I have been denied the use of my lot. My lot is now useless, even though I'm going to have to pay property taxes until something occurs. Um, so now I have a lot I can't use, none of the things on it. I, I, I am financially devastated. I've spent over $60,000. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Your, your That's time quite is all right. Up. You're right. Three minutes does go by really quickly. Yes, yes it does. It I does. know. Thank I you. Know. No. This is my home. <laughs> Just to let you know. <laughs> thank thank you. you. Josh Smith. Oh, thank you. Good evening. Uh, my name is Josh Smith. Um, I live over on the other side of Toledo Blade. Uh, they call us the roads to nowhere, from what I understand. Um, I'm, my comments tonight are about permitting. Um, it, it, it's become an issue with everybody that I know. Um, it's actually a running joke when you call contractors that there's going to be at least a $10,000 you live in the city of Northport tax. Um, I tried having a building built. Every contractor I called out said, absolutely not. I won't do work in that area. They gave me phone numbers for people who would. The people who would all came out and said, your $80,000 number is probably right, but you're looking closer to 90 to 100 because we have to deal with the city of Northport. Um, every single um, time I've gone in, there's been issues with, you know, oh, now we need this paperwork. And then it became, you need to check the website. You need to check the website. I checked the website for two months straight. It said in review. I went in, come to find out it had been turned down almost a month and a half prior to that. Um, I mean, there, there's just no reason that permitting is that difficult. I understand that, you know, as a homeowner, I'm going to have some difficulties. I get all that. It's just real frustrating that, you know, as a taxpayer, we have to keep fighting this battle. That's all I would say. Thank you. Baldy Oleander. 
<clears throat> Good evening. I am Valdi Ollander. I come here in peace. I am not a criminal. I have a dignity, respect my dignity. Why I am instructing you to remove the cap of my back. He is assaulting me. He is intimidating me. And he's stalking me. He's carried a gun, bullet to the vest. And he does not have a body cam. Stop acting proudly. Pride is the biggest sin. Humble, humble yourself. I mean, white, humble yourself. There is a difference between assault and battery. All of you learn it. Article 6 of the United States Constitution states the United Constitution and laws are the supreme. Article 4, there is guarantee clause of the same Constitution. Guarantee as Republican form of the government. Try it for once. Why there is the checkpoint and the front door and the cop behind me again? How many times are you going to check me out? Are we become the Palestine? Privilege to one class and no rights to the people. Amendment 6 of the United States Constitution states the assistance of counsel for his hair defense are only in the criminal prosecution. Constitution is mute on civil matters. Are you criminals? Why the Slayton sitting among you? Attorney comprises two words. One, attorn, second, nay, which in my opinion means don't take what is mine and give to someone who is not his. Slayton on September 7, 2020, his to the them. It is illegal. It is illegal when someone tries to speak longer than three minutes. Florida Constitution forbid to restrain or abridge the liberty of the speech. Slater can change Florida Constitution by her mouth or hissing. Bar is the private member association. Bar wasn't created by any legislature. It's the private group like the MAA. There is no law to listen to any attorney's opinion. Did you take the oath to listen to attorney? Matthew 4, line 7, reads, Jesus said to Satan, it is written, it is written, thou shall not depend the Lord thy God. Uh, it might come and block anybody's legs. Thank you, your three minutes are up. Or steal any, anything from your pocket. Thank you. That is all. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, uh, now we move on to announcements. City Clerk, could you read those announcements? The current vacancies for the following boards and committees include Art Advisory Board, Auditor Selection Committee, Charter Review Advisory Board, Citizens Tax Oversight Committee, Community Economic Development Advisory Board, Environmental Advisory Board, Firefighters Pension Trust Fund Board of Trustees, Police Officers Pension Trust Fund Board of Trustees, Parks and Recreation Advisory Board, Planning and Zoning Advisory Board, 
Veterans Park Advisory Committee, Zoning Board of Appeals, one resident serve, one resident of Northport serve on the Citizen Advisory Committee, one resident of Northport to serve on the Citizen Oversight Committee for School Facility Planning. If anyone would like more information, please see the City Clerk's Office. Thank you. All right, thank you. Let's move on to item four, consent agenda. Uh, City Manager, has any items been pulled? <clears throat> yes, Madam Mayor, two items. 4C, which is 23-1403, and item 4D, 23-1661. All right, 4C and 4D. Have, is there any public comment? No. All right. Uh, all right, so I'm looking for a motion. I'll make a motion, Mayor. Go ahead. I'll make a motion to ex to approve the consent agenda, remove pulling items 4C and 4D for discussion. Okay. Uh, we have a, a motion to approve the consent agenda, pulling items 4C and 4D for discussion. Looking for a second. Okay, we have a second by Vice Mayor. So let's vote on that. And that passes five to zero. Uh, city manager, who pulled those items? Commissioner McDowell pulled them both. Okay. All right, Commissioner McDowell, you have the floor. Thank you, Mayor. Um, I have only one question and then one comment. Um, in the legislative text, it is to for walkers to mow this area, 214 acres of retention ditches north of the Snover. But in the next sentence, it's for the right-of-way mowing, trimming, and literal litter removal. So the next sentence is, sounds like it's the street right-of-way mowing, you know, by sidewalks and, and along the street. But the first sentence is along the ditches, which is normally in the back of the properties in the residential areas is my question is are they doing both uh, the ditches and the front right away public works director no we reference all of that as right of way whether it's drainage or road so they will be doing in section three just the retention ditches the drainage right of ways swales the drainage right-of-ways, the retention ditches, not the roadside right-of-ways. Thank you. That's the clarity I was looking for. Yes, Thank you. So it's not the roadside. Correct. Thank you for that. Appreciate it. Who's doing the roadside mowing? Uh, the road drainage staff, the roadsides. Thank you. That's all I have, Mayor. All right. Is that for item D as well? Both separate item then. Okay. So you want to make a motion for that? I'll make a motion to approve contract number 2022-02 for right-of-way mowing and trimming and litter removal with walkers in the amount of $34,773.30 by adding location three, just for clarity. 
All right. We have a motion to approve contract number 2022-02 for right-of-way mowing, trimming, and litter removal with Walka service to add location number three in the amount of $34,773.30 for a total estimated amount for 2024 is $531,782.82. Do I have a second? Second. Seconded by Commissioner Langdon. If there's nothing else, let's vote. And that passes five to zero. All right, and then moving on to item 4D. So my questions on this has to do with Tai Pal, Tai Pal Terrace, which is over by Constitution Drive and Hampshire Circle, Circle, which is over in Yorkshire. So I'm curious, why are we mowing, uh, mowing, why are we repaving these areas? So those two areas, uh, I'll start with Till Hill first. That area has seen some development. There's some habitat homes going in there. The roads are nearly non-existent. Um, typically, once you see a few homes go in, the power is there. So we've seen a lot of more uh, properties being surveyed. There's quite a few permits pulled for that area, so we're paving it to get in front of those homes or the, the complaints that will come with roads that are not existent at this point. Okay. What about Hampshire? It's the same situation there. FPL has now put power into that little circle, uh, and we've seen a few homes go in there. There's some property staked. They're staked, but there's no permits being pulled yet. But there's homes existing in there on that circle. Um, I, I, I question doing these areas because this is a pretty significant amount of money. It's like $1.3 million. And we have roads that are traveled every single day that people are screaming about the condition of those roads. And I, I just don't understand how these are moved to the front of the line compared to the other ones that need attention. Sure, so we, we did a pavement analysis of all the roads in the city that warranted that analysis. Till Hall was actually in such bad condition that they didn't perform the analysis on that road. It wouldn't have scored. Um, basically have to mow that road mm -hmm. at times. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Hampshire exactly. Circle scored between a 49 and a 53, it looks like, out of 100. Those areas, those roads in that area. The average for Northport is in the mid to high 80s. So it's not that we went and picked a road out of nowhere. We have development there. The roads need to be addressed. Okay, so my last comment is Constitution Drive area. We have been working with the county to have that area placed on the environmentally sensitive land designation. Um, there was a couple of times where we, as a commission, had sent letters of support for that placement. And if we have those property, I'm sorry, if we have those roads paved, they cannot be put on the environmentally sensitive land. You already have homes on Constitution. No, I'm, I'm talking closer to the high school. There's... Um, 
It's pretty much south of, oh, hold on, let me get the street, south of Brixton, that we were between Brixton and the high school general area, between Constitution and the creek. That area we were looking to have on the environmentally sensitive land, but part of this paving consists of Brixton, so tiny print, Van Ness, from Brixton to Van Ness, over towards uh, Del Mar. Correct. I'm not. I'm not aware the Constitution was put on that at Del Mar, the one that runs runs along the slough. Mm -hmm. That's the one that has Tier One and Tier Two lots on that's either side. My next question. That's Del Mar, though. That's not Constitution. Constitution is a road that comes in that these properties are using to access their property. I understand. The Constitution area is how it's referred to between Constitution and the creek south of Brixton is what the commission in previous requests were supporting placing those properties on the environmentally sensitive land. So just bear with me. I'm looking no, for Brixton okay. here. And if we're trying to purchase the tier one lots, are we paving Delmar? Delmar's Delmar's not included in this project. Okay, just want to make sure. No, we have no reason to pave that. But that that section down to Venice, I'm telling you that that there's access needed there for private property. Whether it's designated or trying to designate it one thing or the other, if there are properties building there, we have to provide access. Are there homes on Van Ness? That one I don't know. I don't have that offhand. The only home I saw when I drove the area was the one right there at Habitat. That's the only home I saw in that area. Yeah, there's there's several homes over there. North of it, yes, absolutely. Not south. All right. I right. thank you. That's all the questions I have. Okay. Um, I'm looking for a motion for this item. I'll make a motion. Go ahead. I'll make a motion, Mayor. I'm, I move to approve a First Amendment to contract number 2023-28 for road rehabilitation project to Preferred Materials, Inc., in the amount of $3,724,860.20. With a contingency of six hundred and seventy thousand dollars, four hundred and seventy-four dollars and eighty-four cents, for a total amount of four million three hundred ninety-five thousand three hundred and thirty-five dollars and ten cents, for an additional four new road segments, including Toledo Blade Boulevard Phase Three, South Salford Subdivision, Teal Terrace. <coughs> and Hampshire Circle for milling, resurfacing, and additional time to complete the requested work. All right, we have a motion on the floor. Uh, do we need that restated? We can if you'd like. Okay. No, that's, I think that's okay. So I'm looking for a second. Okay. All right, so we have a motion as uh, stated by Commissioner Langdon and seconded by uh, Commissioner Emmerich for item 4D 
on the consent agenda. There's no other discussion. Oh, I, yes, I, go ahead. Yeah. Um, the contingency, why are we up to 18% contingency? Usually it's between five and 10. Why is this one getting 18% contingency? That's just the market right now. Seriously? That's, that's what we've been on these wow. projects. It's consistent with the rest of the project. Thank you. Okay, nothing further, let's vote. And that passes four to one with Commissioner McDowell dissenting. Yeah, the reason why I dissented is I absolutely agree we need to do the Toledo Blade. Um, hearing the response about Ty Hill, um, I, I am concerned about the environmentally sensitive lands that we support with the county purchasing. Um, and as far as Hampshire, I didn't see any properties going in on there. There might be some permits pulled, but I didn't see any. So just throwing that out there, that's the reason why I dissented. All right, thank you. All right, we're moving to section five, public hearings. Item A, consideration of petition PLF 23-127, Replat Woodlands Commercial Park Phase 1. This is quasi-judicial. Um, I think I just read the petition title. City clerk did. <laughs> yes. That's okay. I didn't read fast enough. But uh, would you please swear in those wishing to provide testimony because this is quasi-judicial, and that includes if you're going to make a public comment. Uh, can everyone wishing to provide testimony please stand and raise your right hand? All right. Do you swear or affirm that the testimony you are about to provide is true and accurate to the best of your knowledge? So help you, God. Thank you. All right. Thank you. I'm going to be calling for uh, disclosure of ex parte communications on this matter. Commissioner Emmerich? Uh, Vice Mayor? Nothing for me. Commissioner uh, Langdon? None for me, Mayor. Commissioner McDowell? Absolutely none, thank Nothing. you. Okay. Uh, City Clerk, do we have any aggrieved parties? No. No aggrieved parties. All right. So first we're going to go to a presentation by the applicant. Um, yes. All right, and you'll have 20 minutes. Uh, thank you, Commissioners. My name is Todd Mathis, representing the applicant and owner of Benderson Development. I have been sworn, and I am not going to take 20 minutes. I'm going to take about 20 seconds. Uh, you've all seen this project at Toledo Blade and I-75. Uh, this is just a replat of existing tracts of land. There are two tracts of land that were carved up long ago by someone else for a very different purpose. We're simplifying it and just uh, making some sense out of the land to match the project that you all saw and approved back in October. So that's really it. Your staff report is very complete and very thorough and very accurate. We appreciate uh, the new faces and staff we've met who have done an excellent job with it. Um, so we hope that you can support the replat. That's all. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Uh, staff. Thank you. 
Good evening, David Brown, Planner One Planning Service, Plan Development Services, and I have been sworn. Today we're here to talk about the Woodland Commercial Park uh, replat, which is under petition number BLF-23-127. <clears throat> the applicant is Todd Mathis, Director of Development for Benderson Development. The property owner is Huntington National Real Estate Investments, a Florida Limited Liability Company. <clears throat> and the request is consideration of the Woodland Commercial Park plat a replat of Panacea Commercial Park Phase 1. The location is northeast corner of North Toledo Boulevard and Plantation Boulevard. <clears throat> the property is located northeast corner of the North Toledo Boulevard and Plantation Boulevard intersection. The total of 64.34 acres is being impacted. On Wednesday, February 15th, or sorry, that was a Thursday, February 15th, 2024, the Planning and Zoning Advisory Board voted unanimously to support the approval of this petition. <clears throat> this is just an overview of the final plat over the existing conditions. This has been reviewed in compliance with Florida statutes and the ULDC Chapter 37 subdivision regulations. The final plat was reviewed and approved by the Contractor City Surveyor for conformance with the Florida statutes, Chapter 177, Part 1. And the final plat was reviewed in conformance with the approved master site plan, which was MAS-23-186. The Planning and Zoning Division recommends approval of petition number PLF-23-127 for Woodlands Commercial Park. Thank you. All right, thank you. So now we're moving to rebuttals. Any rebuttals from the applicant? If not, you need to come up here, please, and, and state that. No rebuttal. All right, any rebuttals by staff? No, ma'am. Okay. Thank you. And there again are no agreed parties. Uh, looking for public comment. We have none. Okay. Commissioner questions. Commissioner McDowell. Questions, ma'am. Oh, I'm sorry, you're still filling up on my two. Okay. I didn't have any. All right, closing arguments. No agreed parties. So, staff, do you have any closing arguments? I do not. Okay, I'm good. glad you stayed there. Applicant, any closing arguments? No. Okay. So I'm closing this uh, portion of the public hearing and requesting a motion. I'll make a motion. Go ahead, Vice Mayor. I move to approve the Woodlands Commercial Park Phase 1 replat petition number PLF 23127 and find that based on the competent and substantial evidence, Plat is consistent with Florida statute section 177.081, uh, Unified Land Development Code, and the Northport Comprehensive Plan. Second. All right, we do have a motion to approve the Woodlands Commercial Park Phase 1 replat, petition number PLF 23-127, and find that based on the competent and substantial evidence, the plat is consistent with Florida statute section 177.081, the Unified Land Development Code and the Northport Comprehensive Plan that was made by Vice Mayor Stokes and seconded by Commissioner Langdon. If there's nothing else, let's vote. And that passes five to zero. Thank you. Thank you. All right, moving on to section um, 5B. CC PLF 
201. And at this time, um, here we go. This is a quasi-judicial hearing, and I'm going to call on the Assistant City Clerk to read the petition by title and swear in those wishing to provide testimony. Consideration of petition PLF-23-201, Wellham Park, downtown, phase three, final plat. Can everyone wishing to provide testimony please stand and raise your right hand? You swear or affirm that the testimony you are about to provide is true and accurate to the best of your knowledge, so help you God. Thank you. All right, moving on to ex parte communications. Commissioner McDowell? None. Commissioner Langdon? None. I have none. Vice Mayor? Coates? I have none. Commissioner Emmerich? I have none, Mayor. All right. Uh, City Clerk, do we have any grieved party? No. Nothing. Okay, so we're looking for a presentation by the applicant. The applicant is not here. Okay, so then we'll move to a presentation by staff. David Brown, Planner One, uh, Development Services, and I have been sworn. Today we are here to talk about Wellham Park Downtown Phase 3 through petition number PLF 23-201. The applicant is John Lozinski, the property owner is Minnesota Ranchlands LLP. And their request is, to, is the consideration of Wellen Park Downtown Phase 3 plat. This is located to the south of Sunglow Boulevard, to the west of West Southwest Villages Parkway, and to the east of Market Way. <clears throat> so again, the parcel is located this, to the south of Sunglow Boulevard, to the west of South West Villages Parkway, and to the east of Market Way. The total area of impact is 3.6387 acres. On February 15, 2024, the Planning and Zoning Advisory Board voted unanimously to support the approval of this petition. And again, I know it's just a brief overview of the layout over current existing conditions. The final plot was reviewed and approved by the Contracted City Surveyor for conformance with the Florida Statutes Chapter 177, Part 1. And the final plot was reviewed for conformance with the approved subdivision concept plan SC-22-137 and the infrastructure plans INF-22-136. The Planning Zoning Division recommends approval of petition number PLF-23-201, which is Wellman Park Downtown Phase 3. Thank you. All right, thank you. And seeing that there's no, the applicant's not here for rebuttal, staff, do you have any rebuttal? I do not. Okay. Looking for public comment? We have none. All right, Commissioner, questions? Not seeing any. All right. Closing arguments by staff. I have none, ma'am. Okay. And none by the applicant. So I'm going to close this public hearing and I request a motion. I'll make a motion, ma'am. Go ahead. I move to approve the Welland Park Downtown Phase 3 final plat, petition number PLF 23 and find that based on the competent and substantial evidence, the plat is consistent with Florida statute section 177.081 and the Unified Land Development Code and the city's City of Northport's comprehensive plan. Second. All right, we do have a motion to approve the Welland Park Downtown Phase 3 final plat petition number PLF-23-201. And find that based on the competent and substantial evidence, the plat is consistent with Florida Statute Section 177.081, the Unified Land Development Code, and the Northport Comprehensive Plan. And that was seconded by Com 
that motion was made by Commissioner McDowell and seconded by Commissioner Langdon. There's nothing else. Let's vote. And that passes five to zero. All right, moving on to item C. This again is a quasi-judicial hearing. I'm going to call on the Assistant City Clerk to read the petition by title and swear in those wishing to provide testimony. Consideration of petition PLF-23-245, Palmera at Welland Park, phases 1A, 1B, 1C, and 1D final plot. Can everyone wishing to provide testimony please stand and raise your right hand. Do you swear or affirm that the testimony you're about, about to provide is true and accurate to the best of your knowledge to help you, God? Thank you. All right, moving on for ex parte communications disclosures. Commissioner McDowell? None. Commissioner Langdon? None. None for me. Uh, Vice Mayor Stokes? None for me. And Commissioner Emmerich? None there. All right. Uh, do we have any aggrieved parties? No. Okay. So we're looking for a presentation by the applicant. No. Okay. And so, or do we? Yes. Do you need some? I, Mayor, need Mayor, I, for the record, could we confirm whether or not there is an applicant present? Oh. Is there? No. Do you have, is there an agency card on file for representation of the applicant? So our code requires that there be documentation filed. City staff member, do we have any documentation for this gentleman to serve as an agent for the applicant for this proceeding? Uh, not that I'm aware of. So there is no authorized applicant or applicant's agent present. We just need to get that stated on the record. It's not a requirement the applicant be here, but we do need that stated on the record. Okay, so then, Mayor, you can move to city staff presentations at this time. Okay, so will this gentleman... No, no, okay. All right, go ahead. All right, um, Austin Grubb, Planner 3. I have been sworn. Um, we're here to talk about Palmera at Welland Park, phases 1A, 1B, 1C, and 1D. The application is PLF 23-245. Um, applicant is uh, Ge uh, Geopoint Surveying for Minnesota Beach Ranch Lands, LLP. Property owners of Minnesota Beach Ranch Lands, LLLP. And uh, this final plat located at uh, northwest of Prado Boulevard and southwest of Minnesota Beach and east and adjacent to the uh, western city limits of Northport. Here's an aerial of the site. It's 583.35 acres. Um, they're platting, this plats 420 single family lots. There are, um, 
I think four or five tracks that um, are going to be de developed in the near future for what they call um, coach homes as well, but those are not part of this plat. Um, the, the final plat was reviewed and approved by the city surveyor for conformance with Florida statutes, chapter 177, part one. And uh, the city surveyor has signed the plat. Um, the final plat was reviewed for conformance with the approved subdivision concept plan, SCP 22-137 and infrastructure plan, INF 22-136. The Planning and Zoning Division has recommended approval of the petition um, of the final or for approval of the final plat titled Palmera at Welland Park Phase 1A, 1B, 1C, and 1D. Um, I'm sorry, that com that next comment about the typos, that was uh, <laughs> that's out of date now. Um, we, we got all that taken care of. Um, and the city surveyor has signed the plat. So by the way. Be glad to answer any questions. Okay, thank you. Um, moving on to rebuttal. Uh, Jeff, do you have a rebuttal to yourself? I have nothing. Okay, <laughs> need to get that on the record. Uh, looking for public comment on this? We have none. Okay, so now moving to commissioner questions. I just had, I had a question. Um, if I read this correctly, it, it said there was 162 acres for preservation. Is that? Yeah, let me pull up the staff report what I think here. It means that nothing's going to be built on that. That is correct. Um, let, let me pull up my staff report because I have a list in there of what the different tracks are for. Yeah. Um, let's see. And do you. 16 tracks totaling 162.89 acres for preservation. And then uh, there's, you know, there's um, a lot of other tracks for other purposes. Okay. Was that on your map that you showed by any chance? It is on the plat. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, It's it's quite a a long plat or it's fifty six pages. Okay, that's fine. So, that's um, fine. but when it says that there's one hundred sixty two acres for preservation, that is not just being held for future development. That will be in preservation. Correct. Okay. Correct. Okay. Just wanted to clarify that. All right. That was that's my questions. Uh, closing arguments. Do you have any closing arguments? No, ma'am. Okay. So I'm closing this public hearing and requesting a motion. I'll make a motion, Mayor. Go ahead. I move uh, to approve the Palmera at Welland Park, phases 1A, 1B, 1C, and 1D final plat, petition number PLF 23-245, and find that based on the competent and substantial evidence, the plat is consistent with Florida Statutes Section 177, dot zero eight one the land uh, unified land development code and the northport comprehensive plan 
Right, we have a motion to approve the Palmera at Welland Park phases 1A, 1B, 1C, and 1D. Final plat petition number PLF-23-245 and find that based on the competent and substantial evidence, the plat is consistent with Florida Statute Section 177.081, the Unified Land Development Code, and the Northport Comprehensive Plan. Motion was made by Commissioner Langdon and seconded by Commissioner Emmerich. Do I have that right? Did I hear that? Thank you. All right, and if there's nothing else, let's vote. And that passes five to zero. All right, thank you. All right, moving on to ordinances first reading. A, ordinance number 2024-05. This is, again, a quasi-judicial hearing, and I request a motion to direct our assistant city clerk to read by title only. So moved. Second. All right, we do have a motion to read this by title only, made by Commissioner McDowell and seconded by Commissioner Langdon. Let's vote on that. It's my fat fingers. Sorry, now it's showing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All by yourself. Oh, do we have to all go again? Okay, I got it. Sorry, guys. That's okay. And that passes five to zero. All right, Mr. Powell. Yay. An uh, ordinance of the city of Northport, Florida, rezoning 262.34 acres located east of Toledo Blade Boulevard, approximately one mile north of I-75. In section six, township 39 South, range 22 east of Sarasota County, and further described in instrument number 202-304-2804, in official records of Sarasota County from no zoning designation district, classification to residential multifamily district classification, amending the official zoning map, providing for findings, providing for filing of approved documents, providing for conflicts, providing for severability, and providing an effective date. Can everyone wishing to provide testimony please stand and raise your right hand. And again, this includes if you're going to make a public comment. Thank you. We swear or affirm that the testimony you're about to provide is true and accurate to the best of your knowledge, so help you God. Thank you. All right, looking for disclosure of ex parte communications. Commissioner Emmerich? Mayor. Oh, I'm sorry. What, what Pardon I? me. Before the, the commissioners provide their ex parte disclosures, it's my understanding that the city clerk passed out a couple of documents prior to the meeting that may have been provided by a member of the public. So right. those are not, uh, just to clarify two points. One, that those are not evidence in the record. If they did not come from the parties, they are, are not evidence. Um, if they come from a public commenter, I mean, you have to evaluate that. Number two is that if you have reviewed those documents, they should be included in the ex parte disclosures. Um, and number three, if the parties have not received a copy of those documents, then we do need to get those uh, city clerk provided to the parties um, before, before we continue in the proceedings, essentially. So uh, we didn't receive enough copies and we didn't have enough time to make any additional copies prior to the meeting, so. So these have not been provided to the parties? Correct. 
that needs to be done. If they've been provided to the decision makers, the parties also have a right to see the documentation. Yes, Je uh, Attorney Jeffrey Boone representing the applicant, and absolutely, thank you very much, uh, Ms. Slayton. Uh, we do need to see whatever's been uh, passed out. We'll get that for you, Mr. Boone. So either if someone doesn't need their copy, we can provide that to the parties, or if everyone needs their copies, perhaps we can take a short break uh, so that we can make copies and provide those to the parties. Okay, so do I want to take like three minutes to see that this straightened yeah, out? we can do that. Mr. Powell, do you that have- That will be a copy for the party who's an applicant and the party who's city staff, right? We only have two parties in this proceeding, right? No agreed parties? Correct. We're making copies right now. All right, so do we want to take, take a break? Uh, recess. Well, short, let's take a short recess. Okay, thank you. Water flooding into the rivers and into our water management systems, causing flooding as well. Public and works is a lot of work before. Continue. Uh, we're back to uh, quasi judicial ordinance 2024-05. Um, so on ex parte communications, I don't think I went through this yet, correct? Right, Mayor. And just as a reminder, commissioners, if you have reviewed the documents that right, are passed out, please that. include those in your ex parte. Thank you for clarifying that. Commissioner McDowell? Um, out of the abundance of caution, um, because it's very difficult to separate the future land use map discussion, the rezoning of the ILW, uh, the comp plan amendment, I am just including all of those previous disclosures for today's uh, purposes and also disclosure that I did receive the documents provided by um, a public commenter. Um, I read like maybe five lines. I haven't had time. All right, thank you. Commissioner Langdon? Yes, I also received the two documents from the public commenters and quickly reviewed the documents. I received both documents from the public commenter and did quickly review the document on the orange hammock. All right, thank you. And yes, I received those as well and looked at the cover pages to see what they were, but didn't have a chance, to be honest, to, to read them. Vice Mayor? Yes, I also received both and did read them both. Thank you. Mr. Emmerich? Yeah, I received both. I have not looked at them as I thought they were going to be part of a presentation or speech. So. Okay. All right. Moving on to uh, grieved parties. Do we have aggrieved parties? No. Okay. So then we're going to move to presentation by the applicant. Good evening, Madam Madam Chair, uh, members of the commission. For the record, uh, Jeffrey Boone of the Boone Law Firm, uh, representing the applicant. Uh, I have been sworn. Uh, we're here for rezoning of 262.34 uh, acres uh, from no zoning designation to 
RMF residential multifamily. We're here with staff recommendation of approval and a unanimous uh, recommendation of approval from the planning and zoning advisory board. Uh, we want to make sure that you all are aware that although it's not on your agenda tonight, uh, we do have a development master plan on file that's working its way through the city review that will confirm on the plan what we will be presenting to you tonight. And uh, we had hoped to have the DMP uh, on your agenda tonight as well, but uh, this, the rezoning moved faster. There's more review of the DMP and it went slower. So uh, we're here without it. But again, we want you all to know that that is in process. Um, with that much said, I'd like to turn over to Mr. Ken uh, Gallandar, who is going to make the presentation. Ken? Thanks, uh, Mr. Boone. Uh, Madam Mayor, uh, Commissioners, uh, again, for the record, I'm Ken Gallander, a certified planner. I do have a relatively short presentation. A lot of it is uh, recapping what you have seen before. Obviously, this is associated with this particular rezoning of the portion of the Toledo Blade 320 project. Then we have our project team, the property owner, Deluxe Northport LLC, uh, Boone, 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 and Boone, uh, our legal counsel, and then RWA Engineering, uh, the Planning and Civil Engineering Group, David Plummer Associates, Transportation, and Dex Fender Environmental. For this presentation, a little bit of background and the request, uh, discussion, analysis, and conclusion. Those uh, earlier stated uh, during the title uh, presentation, it's a single parcel. The overall parcel is uh, just under 320 acres, 318.89. Then it's approximately one mile north of I-75 and Toledo Blade Boulevard. The existing future land use map designation through your approved ordinance number 2023-25 uh, for the 55.02 portion of the property is industrial. And the remaining uh, other portion of approximately 262 acres is high density residential. And for the zoning of the property under ordinance number 2023-26 uh, was rezoned a portion of it, the 55.02 acres to implement the industrial future land use designation is industrial light warehousing district. And as stated, we are currently uh, for the remaining of the portion of the property, the 262 acres is a no zoning designation and the existing uses still currently is ag. Grazing. This gives you an overall representation again of the location of the property. We're all very familiar with it at the terminus of Toledo Blade Boulevard, north of the I-75 interchange. This provides a visual representation of your existing future land use designations, the light industrial to the uh, industrial, I'm sorry, the future land use map designation uh, for the portion of the Western part and the high density residential uh, with the potential for mixed uh, residential uses is the red. This is your existing zoning, another visual representation of the ILW, industrial light warehousing zoning, and the no zoning designation for the remaining portions of the property. So specifically, our request is uh, doing a rezoning, conventional rezoning for no city zoning designation to the residential multifamily or RMF zoning district. This does implement the high density residential future land use map designation. This 
allows for the mixture of residential units, multifamily, single-family detached, townhomes, and up to a maximum of 900 dwelling units. The uh, site plan uh, focusing on a clustered residential tracks around approximately 188 acres of open space. This does then show uh, our proposed residential multifamily, RMF, zoning designation for that portion of the property. Very familiar with this uh, concept map uh, that we prepared through our prior uh, comp plan and zoning applications. We're looking at the portion within the dashed uh, black yellow line. Again, we have in this portion, the multifamily uh, area. The yellow is the townhomes. And then the lighter yellow is the single family detached. And again, looking at the clustered site design, you have wetland areas uh, throughout the property and other green space areas as well. Obviously, uh, lakes for uh, stormwater management. Along the northern portion is a proposed boulevard with uh, uh, primary access points here for the multifamily, here for the townhomes, and underneath the uh, time portion is the entrance into the single family detached. We are proposing a restricted gate access uh, for the multifamily in this area, and also a potential future cross access uh, along the southern border with adjacent uh, developments. As Mr. Boone mentioned, uh, we are in with a DMP. This is the development master plan. As you can see it is consistent with our concept that we had presented before you. Again, this is the multifamily portion, townhouses in the central area, the single family detached uh, along the eastern portion, again, with the open space uh, wetland areas uh, in, in these areas, and then again, the lakes interspersed as well. Consistency with the comprehensive plan, goal one, policy 1.1, 1.2, and strategy 1.2.1. I feel we're consistent with the surrounding development area, the activity center and village designations surrounding us and the opportunities for this need of a mixture of residential uh, product in close proximity to uh, the future non-residential uses in the area. Policy 6.1 and 6.4, objective eight, and policy 8.1, looking at the existing and planned investments that the city is doing through the public infrastructure uh, to promote the economic development of your city, uh, minimizing the impacts by doing so. You know, wells and septics will be part of this uh, residential development. And also uh, through the residential and interaction with the non-residential uses in the surrounding area will obviously uh, reduce the miles traveled for those residents and employers. Transportation element, goal one, policy 1.1, we've expressed in prior uh, presentations in our submittal, uh, existing conditions, all roadway segments do operate at acceptable levels of service with the exception of the portion of Toledo Blade south of I-75 to West Price. Uh, the conditions with the future land use designations that we previously approved and the zoning, all roadway segments are projected to still operate at acceptable levels, except for the portion south of I-75 to West Price 
The project does not cause roadway deficiencies uh, beyond those anticipated under the background conditions. And as we know, they're pursuing uh, interchange improvements at I-75 Toledo Blade, as well as I-75 and Sumter, which is where uh, we have analyzed it, where most of the project's traffic will be distributed. And it's as consistent with uh, our TIS uh, Chapter 163-3180 of Florida Statute. Again, under our Conservation Coastal Zone, a Protected Species Assessment Report was conducted provided and as part of the public record. And uh, as we've stated previously, we will absolutely be ensuring compliance with any state and federal regulations for any rare, endangered, threatened species or species of concern as we move forward with the issuance of development permit. Looking at recreation open space, objective one, policies 1.5 and 2.1, we have uh, approximately 65 acres of land that is devoted to lakes, recreation, and open space. Uh, interspersed with that are recreational trails and strictly green space. And of that, 123 approximate acres uh, will be preserved wetlands. With the housing element, providing diversity of the housing stock, the varying uh, price points, uh, just not looking at single family detached, but again, that mixture of multifamily and townhouses available as well, uh, with, consistent with policy 6.1, integration of trail systems for bicycling and pedestrians, and again, reiterating that clustered site uh, design, uh, minimizing those impacts to those wetland areas in the green space. Economic development, uh, consistency with those policies, again, appropriate location within the city, uh, in terms of what is we're seeing along the Toledo Blade corridor for the city's economic growth, uh, the planned infrastructure improvements along this corridor, and the ULDC provides the regulatory direction as we're working through the DMP to ensure the compatibility through buffering, uh, open space, other site development, compliance, setbacks, et cetera. Consistency with ULDC, uh, staff, uh, we concur with the staff's analysis and our application and our submittal documents uh, within the public record uh, support that consistency with your LDC and those applicable sections. Uh, the general location, again, and timing is ideal for this uh, growing area of this corridor along the Toledo Blade Boulevard. Again, the mixture of housing stocks, the stock and uh, product to support the development. Obviously, adding to the city's tax base, uh, no well and septic, uh, and the resulting impacts of those uh, impacts. Uh, land development design, again, the open space, public spaces, and environmental preservation are significant. And implement implementation of the development standards uh, that we will be ensuring compatibility with the existing and future areas. And again, the infrastructure improvements uh, surrounding the development are consistent with our development. So we feel we're consistent with the city's comprehensive plan and ULDC. We're again, agreement with the staff report and recommended action motion of approval to the city commission. Uh, went before the PZAB on February 4th or February 1st uh, with unanimous recommendation approval. And we uh, respectfully request the city commission approve on first reading. Appreciate your patience on that. And Team's here to answer any questions.
right, thank you. Um, next is presentation by staff. And I see someone coming down. Good afternoon, Carl Benj, Planning and Zoning, and I have been sworn. Okay, today we're talking about the rezone of Toledo Blade 320 residential multifamily, and this is REZ 23137. The applicant is Kendrick Gallander, um, property owner, Deluxington Northport LLLC, and they're requesting to rezone 262.34 acres from non-zoning designation to residential multifamily. This project is located on the east side of Toledo Blade Boulevard, approximately one mile north of the interstate. Here's an overview of the site. Uh, to the left is an aerial of the existing site, um, and to the right is the overlay of the zoning. You can see that it's hatched over, and that means that currently there is no zoning designation for this parcel. I'm going to briefly touch on the comprehensive plan analysis. I'm not going to go over everything. Uh, there's a complete analysis in your staff report. So the comprehensive plan chapter two, future land use element goal one, objective one, and policy 1.1. Staff believes that this, uh, that this project is concurrent with those. Rezoning the property to RMF would bring the subject parcel into compliance with the city's comprehensive plan and ULDC. Developments on the property with the RMF zoning designation requires a review through the major site and development process, which provides the city with greater control and higher requirements than single family development for the preservation of trees, native species, and habitat to facilitate the enjoyment of natural and man-made resources. Uh, comprehensive plan, chapter eight, the housing element. Staff concludes that the proposed RMF zoning is consistent with housing goal one, objective one, policies 1.2, 1.3, 1.9, 1 1.7, and objective six. Currently, there are 441.662 acres of residential multifamily zoning in the city of Northport, which is only 0.66% of the total zoning acres throughout the city. The proposed residential multifamily designation on this portion of the subject property would provide for a diverse housing type in the area. Staff concludes that the proposed residential or RMF zoning is consistent with the economic development goal five, policies 5.1.1, policy, uh, policies 5.1.2, and policies 5.1.3. The proposed RMF zoning may provide housing opportunities that support the workforce in the area with access to transportation centers such as Toledo Blade Boulevard and I-75. The RMF zoning will allow for more affordable and lower maintenance options for residents than those provided by single-family detached homes. Once again, uh, I will go over the Unified Land Development Code analysis, but I will not go over all of it. We'll just touch base briefly. Um, as part of the rezoning application, there are 16 findings that are found in ULDC section, section 112.E, 1A through P. And currently there are 200, or currently this 262.34 portion of the parcel has a no zoning designation, which renders the parcel unusable and inconsistent with the city's comprehensive plan. The future land use of the parcel was recently changed from agricultural estates to high density residential, which allows the residential multifamily zoning district. The parcel needs to be rezoned in order for the property to be in compliance with the recent future land use map change. And currently the subject property has a no zoning designation, which has no permitted uses in our ULDC 
any use or development of the subject property requires a rezoning. And without a rezoning of the parcel, nothing can be done on site other than uses that are allowed under the Right to Farm Act. Legal uh, has reviewed this and, and the accompanying ordinance number 2024-05 and has been uh, reviewed for form and correctness. The notice to the hearings um, was sent to the applicant on January 18th. The petition was advertised in a newspaper of general circulation within the city of Northport on January 12th. And property owners within 1,320 feet of the subject property were notified by mail postcard on January 16th. Here's some examples. To the left is the uh, published article that was in the newspaper. And to the right is an example of the postcard that was sent out to the residents 1,320 feet. If you guys have any questions, we'll be happy to answer them. Thank you very much. All right, thank you. <coughs> Excuse me, and we have no aggrieved parties, so we're going to move on to rebuttal. Applicant, do you have a rebuttal? Uh, thank you, Madam Chair. For the record, Jeff Caboon, attorney representing the applicant. The only thing we have by way of rebuttal is just to um, remind the commission that we're proceeding here uh, before you tonight uh, in a consistent manner with uh, how we have been uh, dealing with this property before the city. The last time we, we were here, of course, was for the comprehensive plan amendment uh, for the property, and uh, we received the approval of the comprehensive plan amendment that designated this property high-density residential. So we are back here uh, before you this evening in a consistent manner with a proposed rezoning that is consistent with your comprehensive plan. That's all that we have at this point. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Staff, rebuttal? Uh, we have nothing. We would just like to uh, reiterate that um, it did have a six to nothing, I think six to nothing vote with PZAP for recommendation. That's it. All right. Thank you. All right. Public comment? Okay, uh, we do have a few, and uh, when you come up, please state your name and if you've been sworn. Ronzo Lott. Thank you. Uh, Ronald Lott, I uh, have been sworn. I'd like to make some comments on the uh, public safety issue associated with the presentation. I pinned out a map for you to look at the Orange Hammock area, which is a wildlife management area in the state of Florida, one of many. Uh, I want you to look at that map for a moment and realize the scale in the lower right-hand corner indicates that the P1, which is the entrance to the or Orange Hammock area, and Toledo Blade there is about three miles. The project uh, that was put up on the board there indicating where it will be is actually on this map where it says easement road which indicates to me that the area here that we're talking about distance is under three miles, probably more like a mile and a half. Why is this important? It's important because this hammock is designed to preserve species, water quality, and most importantly for our consideration, it's hunting preserve. That means anybody can go in there and hunt and target practice whenever they want to. Let's look at what might happen in a situation like that. For example, a 22 caliber bullet travels one and a half miles. A nine millimeter pistol, three miles. A 308 rifle, which is commonly used for deer and swine in this particular instance, will go over three miles. So what we're talking about here is an issue of stray bullets 
from this complex that is going to impose on this uh, apartment complex. Now, it turns out that straight bullet issues in our culture is very important. So much so that we now have legislation in Florida, SB 270 pending, to look at stray bullet and controlling some of the consequences of it. Not only that, but we have other examples of this in other states, whereby the <coughs> liability is not to just the shooter, but rather to the town. And any committee that recommends bringing residents and shooting galleries together as being more liable. So you have this issue, and one of the common things that is said in hunting is know what's beyond your target. In this instance, we know it's an apartment complex. That's number one. Number two, as of February 15, 2004, the permitting process for the developer, which was to be approved by the state of Florida, has been rescinded. This is now a federal issue, meaning that the developer to get a 404 permit to begin construction must go through the Army Corps of Engineers. For that reason, I say you postpone your discussion on this until you know the mitigation from the feds. Thank wow. you. Thank you. Pam Tokars. Hi, my name is Pam Tokars, and I have been sworn. I'd like to address the traffic study that you received in your packet. Uh, the traffic study was prepared in June of 2023 and handed in with the original application. But I just wanted to mention that the intersection turning movement volumes were conducted in August of 2022. This was done in the off season when the traffic is not as heavy. It also mentioned in that traffic study that the traffic growth factor of 1.3, or one, excuse me, 1.30, which is equivalent to 4.94% growth per year, was applied to the existing intersection volumes. The growth factor is based on growth trend analysis reflective of the historic AADT. The percentage is based on a trend, but does not reflect the trajectory of the population growth for the city of Northport. And Exhibit 5, included in that traffic study, projects the traffic in the air, that area out to the year 2028 when this development is going to be finished. It does not take into consideration there will be two other major developments being built in that area that will generate a large amount of traffic on Toledo Blade. And what Mr. Lott was referring to is a state 404 program updates. This is directly from the state DOPT, yeah, excuse me, DEP website that the federal court order issued just before midnight on February 15th divesting, at least for now, the DEP of his authority to issue a state 404 program permits in Florida. Consequently, all activity under the state 404 program is paused until further uh, order of the court. And I've handed out an article written by Highland and Knight. They stated in that in the background portion of this article, most of this centers around the endangered and threatened species and how they're handled. According to the state 404 application regarding Toledo Village, which is to the south of this project, there are many federal threatened and endangered species, and that's also listed in the environmental study for this project as well. The Florida bonneted bat, the grasshopper sparrow, and the panther are listed in the application as uh, federally uh, threatened. 
So based on the outcome of this federal decision, we respectfully ask that this project be placed on hold until we determine if this development will actually be allowed to be built on this land. Thank you. Thank you. Susan Ballmer. I'm Susan Ballmer, and I have been sworn. I have some comments and reflections um, on this rezone. Number one, residents in the area were informed in a meeting with developers of the plotted plans for this area. And it may sound silly, but we were lied to because they said um, that this was a suggestion, but we were told that the multifamily portion was designed to house single mothers who work in the light industrial. The logistics of stray bullets is essentially dangerous. You were talking about innocent children. Two, I think the question of animals on these lands gets taken too lightly. The ESC protects endangered species that call wetlands their home, including changes that alter their habitat. Also, any actions that harass, wound, capture, collect, or harm. This includes acts critical to their habitat. We all know how development will completely wipe out wildlife and endangered species due to the um, development around the wetlands. Um, I don't accept the statement that we will relocate them or they will be fine. Number three, in 2000 and 2008, the city examined this parcel in regards to wetlands being altered, underlying soils, the effect of unspoiled wildlife habitat optimal for the movement of wildlife, the concerns of the nature of flooding caused by disturbing, caused by disturbing development. The decision was to use this parcel as a buffer between the preserves and the adjoining developments and an undisturbed extension of the agricultural area. When you consider the ramifications evidenced by disturbing this area, nothing has changed from then to now, except the building of light industrial and the possibility of residential permitting. Please think about the decisions that you are making that bring critical changes to this land and to the people of Northport. Thank you. Thank you. Linda Riley. I'm still Linda Riley, I've still been sworn, and it just uh, baffles me when, especially uh, Mr. Boone, our daughter's an attorney too, my uncles are two attorneys, and they can razzle and dazzle you and baffle you with their BS, but the bottom line comes to this. You've already destroyed property on Toledo Blade and on Sumter with all your great big buildings that are supposedly going to bring 
better housing for people, for having employment. We can't find people now just to work at the local places because it doesn't exist. And yet I'm not sure how you're going to even fill these buildings that you've already built that are costing 2000 or 1000 or even 1500 when the pay they're getting is minimum pay, which is a good question. We have a building located right there at Sumter and 41. It's been vacant for seven years. It has a lease on it. I don't know what you guys are doing up there. I don't get it. And I know a lot of you say, well, we want to look like Cape Coral. We want to be more like this. I moved here because I didn't want to be like Northport. I didn't move here to be Cape Coral. I didn't move here to be Naples. I didn't move here to be Tampa. And good news, I have friends up in Tampa. If I want to go crazy, I can go up anywhere north or south to shop, to have family meals, any of that. But I'm baffled by the commission and the city planners and all of you guys that you don't look at why the people that moved to Northport, why we moved here. And I really couldn't understand why we're looking at the property over there on 320, at Toledo Blade North and South. If you were here for Hurricane Ian, it was under water. It doesn't take a genius to know that we're having more hurricanes than we've ever had before because of the warming temperatures. And here you're wanting to build more stuff. I'm not sure I understand from either you guys that are property development. And again, we had them develop right next door to us when we were up in Indiana. And they was they're going to do this. Oh, they're going to do that. Now, the one thing I learned of attorneys, man, they can twist words to make it work. And I want you guys to untwist the words up there, okay? Untwist all that and go back to why did you move to Northport and what has already happened previously that the people who lived here before told you to leave that as land for agriculture. Have farms out there. Have cattle so we have food to eat when it all goes to you know what. Have a nice place. And again, go to hunters to hunt and not have to worry. That's why we moved out on three acres. We moved out there because we have horses or we have cattle or we have those kind of creatures. And here, you're just wanting to move the city out there. Please, use common sense. You got 104 square miles, all right? Use the 104 square miles to develop places that are logical. And I pray that you guys listen up. And Mr. Boone, I know they're paying you big bucks to do what you're doing. But please listen to the community. Thank you. Make sure I get all my stuff put back. Here. Kevin Riley. Make sure I've got all my stuff again. Hello, I'm Kevin Riley. I have been sworn in. <clears throat> Pam Toka has, uh, she pretty much said pretty much uh, everything that. Uh, that I agree with, so we can just put that there. My wife Linda here just got up, and uh, we understand that this city's got a real problem, the way it was laid out originally, and you guys have a real tough time trying to make sense of it all. But the question is, and all, and and uh, you you have ten community centers, and. <clears throat> They're like individual pockets in the city. And then you have a whole nother second city um, going up in Welland Park. And it just seems like it's a big mismatch and there hasn't been a whole lot of real common sense in the growth of, of how this uh, the city is, is developing. And like I said before, it's because it's laid out and it's 
It's a real problem. I talk to people all the time. We go to Walmart. We go people I belong, I belong to uh, uh, organizations. And, and this whole rezoning thing is uh, everybody's going, what in the world is going on? Why are they doing that? Why? I, obviously, we don't know. We don't know why you're doing it. You know, the city planners and commissioners are in a real hurry to build, build, and build. What's the big hurry? You know, you're, you're, this Toledo Road 320 project, the light industrial is what it's right now. It's a it's a warehouse. What does that mean? What what's going on there? We don't know. <clears throat> we need to know why you're in such a real hurry to build in multifamily houses and in this high density residential. Before you said that you know the. Commercial taxes are 8%. You'd like to take it to 18. Well, how are you going to do that? Are these commercial um, the developments, are, are they going to really do that? As opposed to all this building for residential housing? Because that's going to take all kinds of, of city uh, development infrastructure. And so you build build more infrastructure, schools, uh, sewage, police, fire. Oh, that's something. Uh, police station, where's that money coming from? In other words, I'd like for you to show the city the money, where all this is going, and how are you going to keep the prices on residential houses from expand, from exploding, like we've been talking about, and where's, where are we going to get to this 18% for Commercial. Oh, I'm done. <laughs> Thank you. Thank Carolyn you. Price. I'm Carolyn Price, and I have been sworn. Um, I have not been a proponent of this construction all the way along. I'm sure you've seen me before. There is no way with the highway study that the existing roadways are going to handle the additional traffic of 900 homes. That roadway services about eight homes, six to eight homes right now. You're gonna add two cars for every home. You're gonna add 1,800 homes to that roadway. It's never gonna, two lanes is not gonna serve and it'll never handle, it'll never hold up to that kind of traffic. It'll be demolished. With the construction vehicles alone, it'll just demolish that roadway. It'll, it'll be torn apart. That roadway that they're building to get back into all those different areas that runs across the north of that property, that's gonna basically be a fence. And it's gonna stop any kind of animal movement from the wetlands to the preserve and back. <laughs> So anything you think you're protecting in the wetlands, you're not, because it'll be jailed in the wetlands. It won't be able to get back over to the preserves and move back and forth, which animals need. They don't stay static, they move. That property was never supposed to be developed as housing or industrial. That was always supposed to be borderland property it was supposed to be a buffer zone. It was supposed to protect the wetlands and the preserve 
from the housing developments that are south of that area. And having high density homes, 900 homes in that area, there's no way that you're gonna protect those wetlands when you're building that many homes around the area. So I'd just like you to take that in consideration that this is not a proper fit for this area. And it's gonna cost the taxpayers a lot of money to upgrade services out there, including just with the roadway alone. So thank you. Thank you. That is all. All right. I just wanted to thank our commenters for, for coming up and organizing your thoughts um, for this. Uh, let's see. Where am I? Commissioner, questions? My computer's like super slow. Sorry, guys. That's okay. Commissioner McDowell. Yeah, um, when we had the comp plan discussion, I, I tried to raise concerns about the high density. Even though the developer is proposing when they come back with a DMP of like three and a half dwelling units per acre, um, my, my concern is the rezoning to high residential High residential allows 15 dwelling units per acre. Granted, they're saying that the DMP is going to come back at 3.5. The problem is if we approve rezoning to high density or RMF, that's 15 dwelling units an acre. The DMP isn't before us today. The rezoning is. My concern is that the DMP may not come before us, or maybe matters that the citizens brought up today, maybe because of problems with possibly the wetlands, who knows? But a future developer can come in and they have the right to develop it if we rezone it to the 15 dwelling units per acre. We can't stop that. They're allowed by law to go to what the dwelling units is by code, not what they're proposing or something we don't get to see until later. It concerns me that we're going that high of density. And yes, it sounds insane to have 15 dwelling units with 262 acres, which is almost 4,000 dwelling units on that property. That is what our code allows. And there's no getting around that. Granted, they have to make sure that it's in the wetland areas, and, and those can't be developed, but they can be mitigated. So with all of that said about what will happen if this is approved by law, that they can develop 15 dwelling units per acre, my question, which is kind of not even relevant today, but has to do with the proposed rezone. If that proposed rezone goes through, it is designated and proposed to be an R2. R2 only allows 10 dwelling units per acre. So you're reducing that density, which is basically a taking. R2 does not allow single family, and the DMP is proposed to have single family. So, so I have a lot of questions about this, and and 
it seems more appropriate to try and get those answers before we say, yes, we're gonna do residential multifamily, 15 dwelling units an acre. So I don't know if staff can weigh in or if the applicant can weigh in on those comments. I know there's really not a question there, but the question is, can you please weigh in? Elena Wright, uh, Director of Development Services. I have been sworn. Uh, so, correct. I'm not sure there was much, really a question there, but I will say that this proposal is not for rezoning to R2. It's proposed to RMF. Right. RMF, the density, is consistent with the comprehensive plan future land use. That's the basis of which to approve a rezoning or deny a rezoning. Is it, is it consistent with the comprehensive plan? What may happen in a DMP is not part of the competent and substantial evidence that we can look at for this rezoning. So, yes, that may be a risk, but that is something that is consistent with the comprehensive plan. So that's, that's how we have to base our recommendation. It is consistent with the comp plan. So the 15 dwelling units means that they can develop somehow, some way, up to 4,000 dwelling units on that property. A DMP would still have to come back to the commission. And there, in a DMP consideration, there are other things that you can take into account as to whether you're going to approve that many units or not. There's open space. There's traffic, again, that will be considered at the DMP process. There's um, stormwater management that has to be taken into account. So there are a lot of other things that will potentially restrict the number of units that could um, realistically be built on a property. Not every property can be built up to the maximum number of units that could theoretically be built based on the density because there are other constraining uh, provisions and, and parameters that they have to abide by. I hear you. I understand, but the DMP is not part of this. I understand the DMP yeah. is not part of it. So what's part of it is 15 dwelling units per acre, which is 4,000 for this parcel. And that is consistent with the future land use. Yep, and I had a problem with that then too. But bear in mind, down the road, there are other things that will restrict the number of units besides the density. This is why it's really fast backwards. That is the way the law works. We I know. can't condition zoning upon any type of, I understand. of plan or. While we can't condition it, we can't say no when the density is there and it's approved and it's allowed. That not, yes, you can. Yes, you can. Based on other parameters such as traffic and open space and stormwater and a dozen, two dozen other things that are part of that consideration. Thank you. That's, Ma that's Madam Chair, all the, I, that's all the questions I, we have for you. May I respond just briefly to the question? I think so. Thank you, ma'am. Um, for the record, Jeffrey Boone, attorney for um, the applicant. Can I have the overhead, please? And we could zoom in on this, please. Is that the DMP or is that the rezone, sir? It was part of our presentation. 
it's the DMP, which isn't It's actually us. not the DMP. This is a color rendition of the proposed development plan. Can that be, thank Can we, you. Here we go. Next time I'll ask Ken to come up and just, yeah, maybe that'd be, maybe that would be easier. I didn't realize it would take to go this slow. I'm sorry. It's getting there. Yeah. Yeah, just because it's the DMP. Okay, so next one. Sorry. Okay, this. Uh, can we have the? I'm sorry. Can we switch back to the to the PowerPoint, please? There we go, uh, commissioners. This is the DMP. <clears throat> so that's that's the DMP. What I was showing zoomed in. If we can now go to the development. So this is a, a colorized <clears throat> representation of the development plan. Is it similar to the DMP or perhaps identical? Yes, it is because we're not, there's no bait and switch going on here. We're, we have on file uh, a DMP, which is this development plan. The importance here is the colors because it shows you the substantial, as an understatement, amount of this property that's not going to be developed. <clears throat> so remember the 15 units an acre it covers the entire development. It's the, it's the gross acreage. Um, and so um, the idea, at least uh, as, a, uh, as a member of the Florida Bar, land use attorney who's been practicing land use law in this part of Florida for over 40 years, it would be my professional opinion that it would be practically impossible to put 4,000 units, dwelling units, on this, on this property. Um, the more... The more units you have, the more buildings you have, the more parking you need to have, the more uh, setbacks, you know, the setbacks you need to have, it, the, the, the impervious surface, the impervious surfaces require more stormwater, on and on and on and on. <clears throat> um, the applicant that's before you today uh, has a DMP on file that will come to you. We wish Commissioner McDowell, we agree with you, it would have been better had it been here tonight. But the review process took longer. Um, I just want to remind you that this very same applicant is going to have to get a DMP approved before any development can occur. Um, I, I've been in front of you all enough and have known you all, watched you all uh, deliberate over the years, that I think I know how you would react if after this zoning is approved, if this, uh, the next meeting, all of a sudden this DMP that comes before you looks totally different and it has a whole bunch more units in it. I think I know how you would react to that. Bait and switch is uh, what, what comes to my mind. So this is the DMP that's coming to you, and we would be foolish to all of a sudden show up with a 4,000-unit DMP. The traffic alone, if no other reason, and there's a bucket load of reasons, the traffic alone, uh, I don't believe it would be possible for a licensed professional traffic engineer to present a traffic study to the city that would show that the infrastructure in this whole area could handle 4,000 dwelling units worth, worth of traffic. 
that alone would prevent that from happening. But there's plenty of other, there are plenty of other, plenty of other factors. Um, and so we're, um, again, Commissioner McDowell, we're right there with you. We wish the DMP uh, could be here. Unfortunately, I want to I want to reiterate what uh, Ms. Ray said. Legally, you have to approve the rezoning first before you can then approve the DMP. Um, so that's that's the law, and that and that's how it is. And if you know, you can do that. You can play the what if scenarios till the cows come home. You know, well, what if the rezoning got approved, and then right when you all were ready to approve the DMP, the applicant withdrew it. I mean, there's all sorts of what if scenarios that just don't meet reality. So here. In my professional opinion, 4,000 dwelling units on this property is 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 just not it's not the math. You can do a mathematical equation to get there, but reality would not happen. Thank you. All right, thank you, Commissioner McDowell. Did you have another question? I don't think so. Okay, I'll go to the Vice Mayor Stokes. Yeah, just uh, for clarity, to make sure I understand, we've got roughly 320 acres, 55 of which has been already rezoned light industrial, leaving 265 acres. If I looked at the legend here accurately, 188 acres of that 265 is going to either be wetlands, open space, or parkland. So that roughly equates to 70% of this property. Am, am I reading this right? You're, you have the acreages correct. I'll leave the math up to you because um, I'm, I'm well known for miscalculating things of that. Now I'll let, I'll let you do the math, but you are correct, uh, uh, Vice Mayor, on the on the acreage. You got it. Because there's I'm a gonna... substantial amount of land here that is going to be protected right. environmentally. Thank you. That's all I have. All right. I don't see any other questions. Actually, I had one that was really just what the Vice Mayor brought up there. I wanted to be sure I had those numbers correct. At the total of uh, 188 acres would be wetlands, recreation, and open space. So the units would be based on what, um, but you had said it would be based on the gross acreage, but in reality, you can only develop on 74. But I know that's, got, that's getting into the DMP, I think, right? So forget it. Okay, just, just scratch that. I'm sorry. Um, I don't have any any other questions, and I'm not mm -hmm. seeing anything. So we're going to move to closing arguments. Staff, closing arguments. Uh, Carl Vinge, Planning and Zoning. Um, we just want to say that we support the rezone, and we have nothing else. All right. Applicant, closing arguments. Five minutes. Uh, thank you, uh, thank you, Madam Chair. Um, in in closing, uh, you have heard uh, uh, you have heard comments, um, uh, opinions, uh, but uh, not not any expert opinions uh, that have been presented in opposition to uh, the proposal. We disagree with the distances traveled of bullets. Um, the law in Florida, at least as I understand it, if I've had explained to me by about two or three different Sarasota County sheriffs, is is you can discharge a firearm on your own property. Just if the bullet leaves your property, then you're, you're responsible. So what that means is anywhere in Northport, a stray bullet um, could cause a problem. I think we all know that, whether it's here or anywhere else. Um, the, uh, 
the traffic study, I think, as you all know, but just to state it for the record, traffic studies are annualized. So if a traffic study is done in one of the slow times, the traffic engineers are required by law to multiply the amount of trips to equal the, the, the period where the uh, city regulations aim to. Um, as far as the growth factor and those types of things, uh, our traffic engineers submitted a traffic study and the city's uh, uh, traffic folks and the consultants, uh, everybody involved are licensed professional traffic engineers and they made sure that the growth factor and all of the other things about the traffic studies were, were uh, handled correctly. Um, we heard this during the comp plan amendment, um, the idea that this land was always planned for agriculture. Um, uh, this I can tell you because I remember when these properties were all annexed way, way, way back when. If this property was intended to be agriculture, it would never have been annexed into the city because you have city taxes and you can just run, you can have ag use uh, in the county without incurring uh, the city fees and taxes. Um, uh, with respect to with respect to this uh, uh, this recent case uh, that certainly will be appealed, um, that now the state of Florida has to turn back over to the Army Corps of Engineers permitting authority, um, just reminds you that Welland Park was permitted under the old system before the Florida took it over from the feds. So the idea that federal review of, uh, of the environmental permits somehow will prevent development is, is, just, is, just, not, uh, is just not accurate. However, if, if federal review of the environmental permits is more stringent than state review, then everybody should be happy because that means this development will, will undergo a more stringent review. Um, and no development can occur here without all of the required permits. The Army Corps of Engineers, the 404 permits wouldn't be the only ones. Um, there would be other permits as well. I know you all are aware, but I feel like I should say for the record that we did submit environmental analysis. Um, so all of the environmental concerns uh, have been professionally uh, reviewed, submitted, professionally reviewed, and um, we're, we're here with a staff recommendation of, of approval. Um, uh, in summary, then, um, there is competent substantial evidence, uh, plenty of it in the record to support uh, the rezoning that we have on file. It is consistent with the city's comprehensive plan, um, uh, and it is consistent with in all the uh, what's consistent with the Unified Land Development Code and all other cities' uh, codes and ordinances. Um, we believe that uh, this will be this this proposed development plan that's coming to you um, certainly uh, is, is a plus for development in this area because of the substantial amount of uh, environmentally protected land and, and the open space that's there. We have a staff recommendation of approval, a unanimous recommendation of approval from PZAB, and we would respectfully request uh, your vote of approval, and thank you very much. All right, thank you. So now we're moving to closing this public hearing, and I'm looking for a motion. I'll make it. Okay, Vice Mayor. I move to continue ordinance number 2024-05 to second reading on March 5th, 2024. 
All right, I have a motion made by Vice Mayor Stokes to move to continue ordinance number 2024-05 to second reading on March the 5th, 2024. Do I have a second? Second. I have a second by Commissioner Langdon. If there's nothing else to discuss. Speak to the motion. Yes. So because the comp plan future land use map was changed and approved by the commission, um, we, we blew in a perfect opportunity to have 262 acres of commercial or industrial on this property. Um, I don't know if that would have flown, but at the same time, it was an opportunity to help increase our tax base. That's pretty much all I've heard for the past year or two, increase our tax base. But yet here we are gonna be putting almost um, 900 more residential in our city on this property that could have been zoned differently. But the comp plan was approved and I'm left with absolutely no choice but to approve this rezone and it bothers me to no end. Okay, if there's nothing else, let's vote. And that passes four to one with Commissioner Emmerich dissenting. Would you like to? Absolutely, I haven't been in favor of this project since the very beginning. Neither have I. And I'm sticking to my guns and I will be able to sleep at night with the way that I voted, so. That's all I got. Right. And if it's possible, can I rescind? Because it's not, it, can I revote? How does that look? Because I thought we had no choice, but we had to vote this way. The city clerk is your parliamentarian. So uh, if you want to change your vote, we'll just revote. Okay. I don't, I don't think that follows the proper parliamentary I'll wait till second reading. We have okay. a second reading yes, coming up. That's okay. We'll leave it alone. And I'll get with city attorney on this. Thank you. Thanks, Pete. Okay. Yes, I was just going to say, do you want a break? Okay, well, how much do you want? 10 minutes? Okay, so we're going to recess for 10 minutes. Be back at 5. So we can handle additional oh, evacuation centers. Okay, we are back. Eight oh five, and we're moving on to ordinance second reading item A twenty twenty four dash zero three. And uh, city. No, 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 no. No, I'm sorry. Oh, two. I'm B. sorry. Where am I? Oh yes, that's right. I flipped my page again. Yeah. Thank you. We're on section B, ordinance number 2024-02. Um, I would like a motion to direct the city, assistant city clerk to read this by title O. So moved. All right. Okay, we have a motion made by Vice Mayor Stokes to read the city clerk to read this by title only, seconded by Commissioner McDowell. So let's vote on that. Wasn't here. That is four to zero. I need to note that uh, Commissioner Emmerich has not yet returned from recess, which is why it's four to zero. All right. 
Um, okay. Go ahead, Mr. Powell. Uh, an ordinance of the city of Northport, Florida, annexing 2.491 acres of real property located on the northwest corner of North River Road and South Tamiami Trail in the unincorporated area of Sarasota County, Florida, and contiguous to the existing city limits of the city of Northport, Florida, redefining the boundary lines of the city of Northport to include the property, providing for findings, providing for annexation, amending the official zoning map, providing for assessment and taxation, providing for filing of documents, providing for conflicts, providing for severability, and providing an effective date. Thank you. City Manager, this is your item. Thank you, Madam Mayor. Uh, we have Mr. Call, uh, our planner from our planning division to help address the item. Good afternoon, Carl Bench, Planning and Zoning, and I have been sworn. So tonight we're discussing U.S. 41 and Tamiya Trails voluntary annexation. This is petition ANX 23129, ordinance number 2024-02. Bit of an overview, the applicant is Martin Black, property owner is SRI GMR Properties, LLC, and the request is a voluntary annexation of 2.491 acres. This property is located on the northwest corner of South Tamiami Trail, which is U.S. 41 and North River Road. A little bit of a background, this, pro this parcel is within the city's future annexation area, which it has been considered for annexation since 1997. Currently, the property has a Sarasota County zoning designation of OUE1, which is a rural designation. Um, so any petition to change the future land use of this property will first have to go through Sarasota County approvals since there is no longer an active joint planning agreement. And per the county charter, county board of commissioners must approve all changes to the future land use designation, designation of all lands lying outside their service boundary. Then follow the county process to establish the county's future land use designation similar to the land use. Then the comprehensive plan amendment and the rezoning to apply both to the city of Northport future land use designation for activity center and the zoning designation of PCD will be applied to the property. The city attorney's office has reviewed the ordinance 2024-02 for form and correctness. And you can see it's also been reviewed by SDR. There are mentions of uh, conditions. Those conditions will be uh, reached in future petitions. The ordinance uh, 2024-02 was advertised um, per state statutes on January 23rd and January 30th of 2024. And a copy of the notice was sent to the Sarasota County Commissioners via certified mail on January 16th. So I'm going to go over a bit of the uh, comprehensive plan data analysis. Again, I'm not going to touch on everything, just touch on a few of the highlights. Um, so the future land use element, Chapter 2, Policy 2.17, encourages voluntary annexations in Sarasota County. Um, and this property is located in that voluntary annexation area. You can see it is in the purple hatched area that comes from our comprehensive plan. And the property will be rezoned PCD. The property is located with a little red dot on top of it. Future land use policy 2.1.13. A future land use designation of activity center one will be applied through the comprehensive plan amendment. At the time a comprehensive plan amendment is submitted for this property, it will be required to be consistent with this policy. So here's a plan of the, uh, for my comprehensive plan is a map um, what was always expected to be uh, annexed uh, over time and was called out originally in 1997. 
and our parcel is located here to the far left with the red dot. Future land use policy 6.6.2. Um, properties identified in future annexation and the future urban service boundary will be eligible for urban services allowed by the USB. And this subject property is located within the urban service boundary. Utilities has provided a willingness to serve letter and there is a fire and police substation within two and a half miles. Unified Land Development Code, Chapter 53, uh, <coughs> Boundary Section 22, Annexations. Uh, the zoning map will be changed to include the annexed parcel uh, with the no zoning designation. This will be done through a non-emergency ordinance number 2024-02, which is consistent with the ULDC Section 53-22. There was a uh, fiscal impact analysis done on the project. Over the five years, a net benefit of 1.8 million was granted to the city. And this is an assumption that the development was done at the highest intensity allowed under the PCD zoning. Per ULDC section 53-22H, a notice to the public hearing was mailed to property owners within 1,320 feet on January 16th, 2024. And there is an example of that mailing to the side. Do you guys have any other questions? We'll be happy to answer them. Thank you. All right, thank you. Okay, moving on to commissioner questions. Oh, I need to note Commissioner Emrich has returned. He was back actually at 8.08, so he was here for the presentation, most of it. Commissioner McDowell. Yeah, I have, I have just a general question. It's kind of related, but not, because the, I've been hearing multiple times about a uh, joint planning agreement with the county that we don't have one. I know we did have one, something happened along the way. Don't know that history, don't wanna talk about it. Um, are there considerations to revisit the JPA with the county to help expedite things? I think Ms. Ray will be able to address that better than I can. Thank you. Good evening, Elena Ray, Director of Development Services. We have uh, communicated with and met in person with the um, Sarasota County leadership regarding um, a potential new joint planning agreement. Um, the county is um, reluctant to start that process again. However, they did suggest that they may be interested in working with us on a corridor plan for 41 um, at probably in the next year or so. Um, but the, as far as a joint planning agreement, they, they currently don't really have any interest in going down that path. That's good to know. Thank you. I asked the same question in the one-on-one. -on -one. Okay. I'm not seeing any other questions. Going to wait, make sure. Okay. Uh, so I'll call for public comment. We have none. No public comment. So I'm going to close this public hearing and I request a motion. I'll make it. Go ahead, Vice Mayor. I move to continue ordinance number 2024 02 to second reading on March 5th, 2023. Second. All right. I have a motion made by Vice Mayor Stokes to move to continue ordinance number 2024-02 to second reading on March 5th, 2024. And that was seconded by Commissioner Langdon. If there's nothing else, let's vote.
and that passes five to zero. All right. Moving on to item C, ordinance number 2024-04. Uh, Assistant City Clerk, can you read this by title only? Uh, oh, I will need a motion. I need a motion. That's right. So I need a so motion. Moved. Second. All right. We have a motion to direct the Assistant City Clerk to read by title only, made by Commissioner McDowell and seconded by Commissioner Langdon. So let's vote on that. And that passes five to zero. All right, Mr. Powell, take it away. An ordinance of the city of Northport, Florida, amending the Unified Land Development Code to incorporate the revised Federal Emergency Management Agency flood insurance study and flood insurance rate maps and related definitions by amending section 17-9 and 17-84, providing for findings, providing for conflicts, providing for severability, providing for codification and providing an effective date. Thank you. City Manager, this is your item to introduce. Thank you, Madam Mayor. Uh, city staff finds the proposed amendments are consistent with the following sections of the City of Northport's Comprehensive Plan, Conservation and Coastal Zone Management Element Goals, Policies and Objectives. The proposed amendment was considered during a public hearing with the Planning and Zoning Advisory Board on February 15, 2024, and was recommended 6-0 with one absence for approval to the City Commission. The City Commission finds the proposed amendments are consistent with the City of City of Northport's comprehensive plan, and we ask that you continue the ordinance to 2024-04 to the second reading on a date to be determined. We're happy to answer any questions you may have. All right. So, uh, looking for any questions about this, Mr. McDowell. No question, just a comment. Uh, a lot of citizens were wondering about a meeting here in the city regarding the FEMA maps, and I want to thank city manager and the team in Sarasota County and FEMA for scheduling something at the Morgan Center. Um, I just wanted to say thank you. That's all. All right. Thank you for bringing that up. Uh, do we have any public comment? Oh, I'm sorry. Commissioner Langdon, yep. Thank you, Mayor. Um, I don't know who can answer this. It's partially a question, but it's my understanding that we do we are not required to adopt the new FEMA maps, but if we did not adopt them, then people in the affected areas would not be able to get flood insurance. Is that correct? And if so, I just wanted to have that for the record. Okay. We'll get the official answer. Uh, Good evening, uh, Madam Mayor and members of the commission. Uh, Hank Flores, uh, Planning and Zoning Manager. <clears throat> as far as insurance, if we don't approve the new effective date, uh, what it means is we can't get federally backed insurance. You can still FEMA. get private insurance, which, which is may or may not be cheaper. But right. Currently, it's probably more expensive. Okay, thank you. I just wanted to confirm. Thanks. All That's right. it. I'm thank you. That was a good question, too. All right, I'm not seeing anything. So any public comment? We have none. All right, so I'm going to close this public hearing and request a motion. I'll make a motion, Mayor. All right. I move to continue ordinance number 2024-04 to second reading on March 5th, 2024. Second. 
All right, I have a motion made by Commissioner Langdon to continue ordinance number 2024-04 to second reading on March 5th, 2024, and that was seconded by Commissioner McDowell. If there's nothing else, let's vote. And that passes five to zero. All right, now we go on to ordinance's second reading, ordinance number 2024-03. Um, and I can call on our assistant city clerk to read by title only. An ordinance of the city of Northport, Florida, annexing 6.89 acres of real property located in the unincorporated area of Sarasota County, Florida, and contiguous to the existing city limits of the city of Northport, Florida, redefining the boundary lines of the city of Northport to include this property, providing for findings, providing for annexation, amending the official zoning map, providing for assessment and taxation, providing for filing of documents, providing for conflict, providing for severability, and providing an effective date. Thank you. City Manager, this is your item. Thank you, Madam Mayor. Um, the subject petition was considered at public hearing, first reading with the City Commission on February 13, 2024, and was approved to continue 5 to 0 to second reading. We now ask that you adopt Annex 23-175 Flash Investors River Road via Ordinance Number 2024-03 today. I'm happy to answer any questions you may have. All right. So, looking for any commission questions. Not seeing any. So, looking for public comment. We have none. All right, so I close this public hearing and request a motion. I'll make it. Go ahead. I move to adopt ordinance number 2024-03 as presented. Second. So I have a motion made by Vice Mayor Stokes to adopt ordinance number 2024-03 as presented and seconded by Commissioner Langdon. If there's nothing else, let's vote. Sorry. There it is. There it is. And that passes five to zero. Moving on to general business. A24-0204. <clears throat> and I will have the city manager introduce this item. Thank you, Madam Mayor. This item is to consider the city's application for an exception by special permit for variance of the noise regulations in the code of the city of Northport. Order sections 46 to 40 through 46 to 45 for an extension to the Toledo Blade Boulevard Rehabilitation Project. So based upon the finding that good cause exists, staff asked the commission to approve the issuance of a variance to the city code of Northport section 46-42 subsection 6 and approve the issuance of an acceptance by special permit for the Toledo Blade Boulevard Rehabilitation Project allowing nighttime construction work to commence on February 28, 2024, and be completed on April 30th, 2024, um, subject to the conditions and parameters that were listed in the summary. We're happy to answer any questions you may have. All right, thank you. Uh, commission questions. Commissioner McDowell. 
Before I attempt a motion, city attorney, there's a very long motion in the prepared. Is that what I have to read? <clears throat> the whole thing? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Yes, I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> and, and it is long. <clears throat> as you probably recall, you had one coming. Yeah, not too long ago. Sorry, let me start over because I forgot to press my microphone button. Uh, yes, the motion and the, the document is correct. I drafted that motion. You're correct. It is lengthy. You may recall that you had one of these come before you a couple of meetings back, and that was the first one that we really saw, despite that this has been in our code for a long time. So the Public Works Department and I spoke today, um, and we are getting together to figure out maybe a slightly different approach so that hopefully you won't have to have such lengthy motions in the future. So we're working on that. But for tonight, yes, ma'am, that is the motion. Whenever you're ready, I'll be happy to read it, unless somebody else wants to. All right, well, we have to call for public comment. Any public comment on this? We have none. Okay, so now I'll request a motion. All right, I'll go for it. Go ahead. And I, I'll, I'll speed read. I move to find that good cause exists to issue a variance to city code section 46-42, subsection 6 and move to issue a special exception permit for Toledo Blade Boulevard rehabilitation project, allowing nighttime construction to occur from February 28, 2024 through April 30th, 2024 with the following parameters. One, work zone area hours, A, set up 8 p.m. on weekdays, weekends, and holidays in or within 50 yards of any residential area. B, breakdown 8 a.m. on weekdays and 8.30 a.m. on weekends and holidays in or within 50 yards of any residential area. Two, road rehabilitation work hours, 9 p.m. and 7 a.m. for the following day on weekdays or 9 p.m. and 7.30 a.m. on weekends and holidays in or within 50 yards of the residential area. I further move to prescribe the following conditions or requirements necessary to minimize adverse effects upon the community or surrounding neighborhood. One, the contractor shall be required to maintain applicable maintenance of traffic operations. Two, the contractor shall maintain one travel lane in each direction at all times. Three, the contractor sh will prioritize emergency response vehicles through the work zone. That's it. That's it. All right. Okay. <laughs> so we have a motion made by Commissioner uh, McDowell and seconded by Commissioner Emrich. Um, I guess the assistant city clerk is going to reread that motion for me. It's it's all in. It's all. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay. <coughs> so we're not going to reread the motion. <laughs> Any further discussion? If not, let's vote. And that passes five to zero. All right, then we're on to item B, 24-0324, discussion and, well, yes, I'm gonna have the city manager introduce this item. Thank you, Madam Mayor. Uh, discussion and possible action regarding use of the city seal on the mural located at the Northport Aquatic Center by Catherine Bustole. Very good. Yes. Wow. Um, so this was actually, we put this on your behalf, um, Madam Mayor, because there was a concern that the mural that was painted currently has the 
city seal on the back of a turtle. And in our policy, that is not one of the accepted uses. And if it is to remain on that mural, the commission would need to approve it. That's correct. Um, thank you. Yes, I did uh, have the um, artist contact me and she painted our city seal on one of the turtles on the mural of the aquatic center and was advised that she, we have a very strict policy for how our uh, city seal can be used and what it can be used on and she would have to receive um, uh, permission from the commission to put that on her turtle. I think all of you, I'm hoping you got a picture of what she did on that turtle, did you, it was in the backup material. It was. It was. Uh, and that was hand-painted. I thought she did an exceptional job of hand-painting that, our, our um, seal on there. Um, and that's, I guess, what I'm just looking for tonight is for approval from the commission for her to do this. Um, she just had that artistic moment when I talked to her that she just felt she was very proud of her city and, and thought that there should be something on there to reflect that. And and uh, so when people come to the aquatic center, they do know they're in the city of Northport and that was really her inspiration. So um, if anybody, oh, we do have comments. Okay, Commissioner Emmerich. Yeah. No, I saw the picture. I, I, I firmly believe in artist creativity. But I actually believe that by putting the seal on the turtle took away from how really beautiful the turtle looked. <laughs> and, and, and I did, you know, we do have uh, a law that you cannot paint turtles on, on their back. And I didn't want to inspire anybody on going out, getting turtles and painting on their back. I mean, I'm, I'm up for whatever this board decides, but... I thought, if, you know, if you want to put the seal on it, put it in the lower left-hand corner or near where the signature is from the artist, but not necessarily on the turtle. And I understand her vision. I understand her compassion. But it just, it, to me, it stuck out like a sore thumb. So that's just my opinion, and that's where I'm at on it. I'll okay. yield. Okay. Commissioner Langdon. Thank you, Madam Mayor. I agree with Commissioner Emmerich. Um, for somewhat different reasons. I've had the opportunity in my career to write a couple of corporate design guides and the rules around the use of a company's logo, and in our case, the city seal, um, is very strict and very limited. And typically, it's, it's not just, you know, you don't want to do anything with your logo that confuses it or compromises it or, or changes its shape in any way. So I would be totally supportive of her maybe putting Northport and some scripty. It's not terribly artistic, um, but I think that um, for me, it's not so much defacing the turtle, although I totally get that, Commissioner Emmerich, for me, it's more diluting our brand or diluting our company's, our, our city seals. So I would not be supportive of allowing this particular treatment. Okay, thank you. Commissioner McDowell. Yeah, well, one of the, my fellow commissioners took the words out of my mouth um, 
but I, I am going to use my own words. Um, when I saw it on the turtle, I immediately went to our poor gopher tortoises are going to be painted all over town and that is illegal. And I do not want anyone thinking that this is acceptable in any way, shape or form. So for that reason, I am against it. There is another reason our city seal does not belong on a turtle. It diminishes the absolute significance of what a city seal represents and what a city seal's purpose is. And for those reasons, I cannot support having a city seal anywhere on that mural, let alone on a turtle. So thank you. Okay. Uh, I'm not seeing any other comments. Questions? Do we have public comment? We do have one e-comment. Catherine Beausoleil. Hello, commissioners. This is Kathy Beausoleil, a 38-year North Portian. I recently painted the Florida Coral Reef mural at the Northport Aquatic Center. I thought I was doing a very patriotic tribute by painting the city logo on one of my sea turtles, and I thought the city would be happy to see that. I meant well. A month later, I was told I didn't get prior approval to do it. The Aquatic Center is a wonderful landmark in the city of Northport. Another jewel in our crown, and I am proud of it, and I am proud of Northport. While painting on the front wall, lots of excited people waited behind me to enter the park. They came from all over the area, plus visiting from the north and even overseas. I became an instant ambassador for Northport, answering many, many questions about the city as well as our local nature, wildlife, and Florida coral reefs. Please give me the approval to keep the logo on the mural. Thank you for listening to me. That is all. Okay. Commissioner McDowell. Yeah, I just wanted to follow up because I was remiss in mentioning how beautiful the rest of the mural is. She did a fabulous job. And I actually enjoyed watching her paint it when I would come by that area and, and see her painting and the progress she made. She did a fantastic job. But... Aside from that, I still could not support having a city seal on a turtle or anywhere on the mural. All right. So, um, looking for a motion. Make a motion. Go ahead. Make a motion for the artist to remove the city seal from the back of the turtle. We have a motion on the floor to have the artist remove the city seal from the back of the turtle as it's been painted. Second for discussion. Okay, seconded by, um, I'm sorry if I didn't state that, that the motion was made by Commissioner McDowell, I'm sorry, and uh, it was seconded by Commissioner Langdon. Yeah, for discussion, just to be totally clear, I would like to add located at the Northport Aquatic Center, if that's okay with the motion maker. Oh, I, I'm sorry. And I thought it would be understood because that's what the just discussion. For the record. We can add at the Northport Aquatic Center Perfect. to the motion. Absolutely. Thank you. And my second stands. Okay. So we have a motion and a second to have the logo removed from the... No, it's the city seal. Uh, city seal. Uh, removed from the back of the turtle at the aquatic center as it's been painted. Anything else? And let's vote.
and that passed four to one with myself dissenting. I really didn't see the harm in it at all. Um, okay, good discussion. Any public comment? Yes, we do have one e-comment uh, from nonprofits, nonprofits. Commissioners, nearly one year ago, nonprofits and the chamber discovered a city staffer deemed all signs constitutional if they had to be read to determine the content based on a 2015 Supreme Court decision where a Texas church sued over directional signs the city wouldn't allow them to put up. The court said if a sign had to be read to determine its contents, that's unconstitutional. Therefore, signs couldn't be judged giving people the right to free speech. Instead of bringing the issue to commissioners and asking if there's a sign issue here that needed to be vetted, all signs were deemed unconstitutional. Mm -hmm. However, months later, city staff, while planning events, needed an additional way to advertise to the community and use signs listing the date, time, and place. Then those signs were turned into directional signs for parking, which was the same thing the Texas church did. Some staff said the ULDC allows for signs on city property, so they use them. But the nonprofits who don't get paid to plan event and use club money to buy signs are not allowed access to the digital city signs and can't put them near busy intersections. Nonprofits asked the commission to address this issue because if signs were really unconstitutional, the state wouldn't regulate them. What has been challenged in Punta Gorda and Fort Myers is those cities taking away the rights to free speech on signs. Both cities ended up in court and lost. Northport is saying there's no right to assign at all. If it fixed a problem that didn't exist, please allow nonprofits to once again be able to add sign placement and special event permits to the city in designated areas for designated time periods of two or three weeks. This way the city can advertise events as well as nonprofits who all bring in visitors, add to the economy and give free or low cost entertainment and services at these events, festivals and tournaments. Then it's all then it's fair for all who to get the word out about the event they worked so hard to plan. That is all. All right. Thank you. So let's move on to and we have no other public comments. Is that it? Okay. Uh, commission communications. I'll start with Commissioner Langdon. Uh, thank you, Madam Mayor. Um, I attended the quarterly new business welcome event last Saturday, we had 71 new businesses um, open in our city in the last quarter. I want to thank staff for doing such a great job. I think I see Vinnie in the back. Uh, Vinnie and her team really do a great job on these events. Um, I wish more businesses would attend. It's really a great opportunity for them to start relationships with um, the participating organizations who provide free services. Um, I also uh, attended the Economic Development Corporation's Board of Directors meeting this week and the Northport United meeting at the Northport Library on the 21st. I'm always impressed as to how well attended um, these United meetings are. I think Northport Forward must have some type of promotional magic. They just really get people to turn out. Um, the audience asked a lot of good questions um, and I really felt by the end of the event that people were very satisfied that they had a better understanding of some of the work the city was doing that they were a little unsettled about 
um, at the beginning. So great event. Thanks to everyone who worked on that. And uh, I will yield the floor. All right. Thank you. Commissioner McDowell. Yeah. So I had a town hall. Um, I'm trying to do them once a month. Um, I had about 28 people um, at my town hall. So that was a great turnout considering it was at 1030 in the morning <laughs> during the wow. week. Um, I attended National Night Out, Deputy Chief, Chief, the entire PD. What an amazing event. You guys did a top-notch job. Um, I went to the Tiger Bay Luncheon, and actually the guest speaker was, um, was uh, Eric Miss Silk from the um, EDC of Sarasota County. She did a really good job explaining what the EDC does for the whole county. And she focused a lot of her discussion points on South County, including Northport. Uh, participated in the Florida League of Cities Monday call-ins for legislative days. Um, it's coming to a winding down. It's getting close to being over. Um, attended the Dallas White Park ribbon cutting. Good job. What a beautiful park that turned out to be. Um, also went to the Northport United tour and yes, it was a great turnout and they did ask a lot of questions. Good job to everybody involved with that. The chamber luncheon, I attended that and I also was the guest speaker this month for the chamber's uh, government relations meeting. And I also had the advocacy meeting for the Florida League of Cities. And that's all I have. All right. Thank you. Commissioner Emmerich. Yeah, I got a few things this time. Okay, good. I did attend the Northport United meeting at the library. It was very good. It was a very good evening. I went to National Night Out, and that was a phenomenal event. We always enjoy that. But the biggest thing that I did, I set up an appointment with uh, Tris Sturgis, and I went over and I toured Warm Hill Springs in, prior to us discussing it and what our plans are, and I wanted to see just exactly how the buildings were, the cyclorama, the grounds and everything. And I will tell you the staff, Sandy, pass it on. They're doing a great job out there with what they have. And with the visions and everything that we talked about and what they want to do in the future out there, it sounds phenomenal. And as we get through these discussions on the board, I'd like to see some of that come forward on some of the visionary stuff once we get past our decision-making time, because there's some great ideas out there on, on what can be done on the spring side of it. And there was a lot of people out there that were all happy. The visitors were all talking and saying hi to staff and everything. And it was just a pleasure being out there. So thank your staff very much. You all are doing a great job and I look forward to having those talks in the future. So thank you. That's all I got, Mayor. All right, thank you. Vice Mayor Stokes. All right, I also attended the Northport National Night Out. Um, I was really impressed by the turnout. It really, our, our police are really ambassadors for our city. It was a great evening. Also went to the Dallas White Playground ribbon cutting. Um, attended Northport Forward United meeting. Uh, again, good turnout. Um, and I also attended uh, Ukrainian prayer service for the Ukrainian people at St. Mary's Catholic Church the other day. And um, you know, they are a big population within our city. We all need to pray for the Ukrainian people. 
that's all I have. All right. Um, and my comments are, I went to the morning session of the meet and greet for the nat our new natural resources uh, division and was very pleased with that and, and received a lot of great uh, feedback from people that attended. And I just have to say on a personal level, that Northport has come a long way. I, was, I served on what used to be called the Beautification and Tree Council uh, in early 2000s. And back then we were talking about, of course, trees and our natural environment, and um, uh, we were saying we need to have a natural resource department. And it took this long to get one, but I am so glad that we have it. Um, it's it's such an impressive uh, crew that that we have, and and all of those positions are are definitely needed. I just wanted to share that um, I have a neighbor that makes cake pops, and I had her make some cake pops that look like uh, trees, and when I gave them to Stefan, the um, our is his official title of director. Is that what he's, he's called? Manager, right? Um, he said, "Do I need a permit to take these out?" So I thought that was really funny. That uh, yeah, that's pretty good. Um, I went to the embracing our differences uh, luncheon, um, and uh, that was packed. And uh, when I go to these uh, events, including. Uh, I did my own program at the Shannon Staub Library on the Underground Railroad. There was like 70 people there. Uh, and also the Right to Read Festival, I attended that. People just have wonderful things to say about Northport. And I just want to tell you, it's so refreshing to hear that um, from people, that they, they just hear about the things that are going on. And they're good things that they're talking about. And um, I'm always you know, so touched when, when things I've definitely turned because it wasn't always that way. And um, I'm just really happy when you can go out, step outside of the, the halls of City Hall and, and get into something that has nothing to do with city business. And really, um, people are very frank about um, talking about what's going on here. And I sometimes I purposely, I don't when I go to these things, I don't put my tag on. So they will more likely to say things, but sometimes I feel I have to because I don't want them to feel embarrassed if they start to say, oh, you know, that, and then I'm like, okay, and then you find out. I don't want people to be embarrassed, so uh, that's why sometimes I, I do just put it on. Um, IT, I have to thank them. They do this every year. They do this little collection of Valentines. I just think it's great. They take all that time to do that. Of course, I, I take all the candy off of them, all right? Um, but it just reminds me when I was a teacher, that's what you would get from your, your students all the time. This morning I was just at Island Walk, did a coffee with the city manager that was uh, another, uh, what is that, United Tour, right? Yes. Yeah. But Northport United wasn't yes. there, it was just us. As a yes, and again, talking to people there, uh, very happy with, with the direction of the city. And I was talking to a couple that said when they leave Island Walk, they always make a right on and go to Northport, go into Northport. They don't make the left to go to Venice. Um, and I thought that was, they said there's so much here to, to that's come here. And also they said it's a lot less crowded than, than going into Venice. So I said, well, okay, that's great. We'll, I'll take it. Um, I was at the Dallas White Ribbon Cutting. And again, that was, that was really great to see. And we must have had, did we have people sitting up here because... Uh, Somebody left me this little note. Did we have uh, Oh, this was you? Very tiny writing. 
Um, but it, it it was somebody that sat here. I guess we maybe hosted. Team court, maybe last night. Team court was here well, this, last this night. This was on the 21st of February. So, um, but these are just really wonderful words. I just want to share it because it's really how I feel about everybody here. Um, she said, I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you for all you do. You are an awesome person. You can do whatever you put your mind to. The sky is your limit. Live life day by day and always be happy. Keep smiling and do what you do best. I also borrowed your gavel and it was pretty fun. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, what wonderful, inspiring words. And I just wanted to share that with everybody because that's really how I feel about everybody here. Uh, and it's just such a, a wonderful place. So. Oh, oh, okay, okay, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> but I'm going to keep this, yes, so, um, uh, charter officers, uh, assistant city clerk, anything? Nothing to report. Okay, city attorney? No report, mayor. All right, and city manager? Nothing, madam mayor. All right, so it is 8.47, hey, what did we say, by 9 o'clock, you guys were good. All right. Okay, so 8.47, and I adjourn this meeting.